As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Nobody Told Me. I'm Laura Owens. And I'm Jan Black. We've all heard the advice that we should let our conscience be our guide, but sometimes it's very hard to do that. I shouldn't just say sometimes, <laughs> pretty much all the time. Because, our yeah. guest on this episode, Leonard Perlmutter, is here to offer guidance on how we can better tune into and trust our conscience. Leonard is the founder and director of the nonprofit American Meditation Institute, and his course curriculum on the heart and science of yoga has been certified by the American Medical Association, among others. His latest book is called Your Conscience, the Key to Unlock Limitless Wisdom and Creativity and Solve All of Life's Challenges. Leonard, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Just so that we're all on the same page here, how do you define conscience? Conscience is one of four functions of the mind, and who knew that we had four functions of the mind? I certainly didn't, but it's true. All those voices that we have heard uh, since childhood, there are four of them, and one of them is the conscience. However, the conscience is the only function of the mind that can discriminate, determine, judge, and decide. So that's, that was a game changer for me because what it meant to me, because the conscience is the only function of the mind that can make a decision for us, mm -hmm. it means that every single choice that we have ever made and every single choice we will ever make has been and always shall be made by the conscience. So when we say that it's, it's hard to, to listen to and use the conscience, That's not really true because the conscience is what we use 24-7 since birth to make choices. So then what happens? Because I can think of so many different occasions when I have had this gut feeling that I shouldn't do something and then... Lo and behold, I do it and, and, you shouldn't I, have done and it. I shouldn't have done it and I regret it. And I think I knew better deep down. So why do we do that? We do it because there is anarchy in the mind. The other three functions of the mind, ego, senses, and unconscious mind, are tethered or maybe even hardwired in some respects, especially with the ego, hardwired to the reptilian brain. And what does that mean? 
uh, on a practical level for you and me. It means that the ego senses and unconscious mind, like the reptilian brain, are heavily invested in self-preservation. You know, I don't want to die. I don't want the form not to exist. And because of that intense attachment to the form, what comes with that is a terrible fear of annihilation. And in service to that fear of annihilation, the ego, first and foremost, is always present in a relationship. And generally speaking, cuts that relationship in half and says, oh, this is pleasant. I like it. I think it's good. Let's reprise it. But over here, this portion, uh, not so pleasant. I don't like it. I call this bad. Let's eliminate it. So the problem is the ego, with only a limited perspective, and the ego is a counselor of the mind, a counselor for the conscience to make a choice. But with just a limited perspective, many of the choices that the ego makes are faulty because it is in lockstep with the reptilian brain, and we suffer. And it's similar with the senses. The senses are the conduit through which the mind extrudes our creative energy. And so the mind extrudes our creative energy through the eyes and the nostrils, the mouth, the ears, the hands, and the feet to desperately find happiness, health, and security in the world. The problem is the, the senses are... They're sort of nearsighted because they can only see the front of the objects in the world. They can't see the back. Mm -hmm. So they're only looking at what appears to be pleasant, even though, in fact, what it often leaves in its wake is pain. And so the senses often take us on wild goose chases, chasing, you know, the... Uh, stereotypical pot of gold at the end of all those rainbows that really never materialize. So it's very much analogous to squeezing a tube of toothpaste. When we squeeze a tube of toothpaste, yes, the toothpaste comes out, but it's virtually impossible to put the toothpaste back into the tube. So when the mind becomes addicted, which it has to sense gratification, not that there's anything wrong with that in and of itself. Uh -huh. The addiction allows the senses to spend too much of our creative energy. And we, we can't call it back to fulfill the purpose of our lives. So that's the senses. Now, the unconscious mind is really a repository for everything that we deem essential to self-preservation. Again, that phrase, self-preservation. And so, because of that, the ego, the senses, and the unconscious mind often form a voting block. And they're loud, and they're pushy, and they're insistent. They only have a narrow perspective, and sometimes it's accurate. Right now, I need a healthy ego, 
to have this conversation or later on to drive an automobile or a truck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And same with the senses. Life is to be enjoyed. We have a body. We have senses. And we all love a, a wonderful meal or a fine dessert. And it's not that the unconscious mind is malicious. There are some good things stored there, but a lot of faulty concepts also. And so what happens is the ego senses an unconscious mind creates such a disturbance in the mind that the conscience in making the decision can only rubber stamp the loudest voices it hears. But if you and I can experiment with the ego senses and unconscious mind and become their parent and train them to trust the conscience in that quietude, in that still mind, the conscience has another capacity. It acts as a mirror. And the conscience in that quietude of the mind can reflect perfect wisdom from the super conscious portion of the mind. Now, who, who knew about superconscious uh, portions of the mind? Same as who heard of four functions of the mind. But the superconscious mind lies beyond the conscious, beyond the unconscious portions of the mind. It's the same portion of the mind where Albert Einstein saw mathematical equations and Paul McCartney hears beautiful melodies. That doesn't mean that any of us is going to become necessarily a songwriter or a physicist, but what it does mean is the more that I can parent the ego senses and unconscious mind to support the superconscious wisdom reflected by the conscience, the promise is we will be permitted to fulfill the purpose of our life without pain. So how does something like a daily meditation practice, help us tune in to this conscience? It's, it's supreme. It's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful gift. A daily meditation practice also trains the mind to be, first and foremost, one-pointed. It trains us to focus all of our mental energy at one object and one object alone. And by doing that, that's the doorway to creativity and genius. Because with one-pointed attention, not multitasking like the culture is trying to sell, but one-pointed attention, that creates a space for me between stimulus and response. And in that space, in that detachment between stimulus and response, lies what? my freedom, my freedom of action to redirect my attention toward the conscience to find out what is the thought to think? What is the word to speak? What is the action to take that will always lead me for my highest and greatest good, specifically with the stimulus that exists? And if I can accomplish that experiment in the process, I will also be building the muscles of willpower. So a daily meditation practice, yes, it, it, it can help us go beyond stress, 
but also it, it provides us the capacity to learn these skills like one-pointed attention, detachment, discrimination, and willpower that we don't have to exclusively use in meditation, seated meditation, why we can use those in the midst of every single relationship. We're glad you're part of our Nobody Told Me family of listeners, and we're excited to tell you about Lomi, the world's first smart waste appliance. If you've struggled with composting and feel it's too much work or feel bad that you're not doing your part to help the environment, you have to check out Lomi. Lomi is a countertop electric composter, and I love it because I don't have a traditional garbage disposal. With Lomi, I don't need to take a lot of trips to the garbage with food waste. I just turn food scraps into dirt with the push of a button. And in just a minute, we'll tell you about a special offer from Lomi for our Nobody Told Me listeners. I love my Lomi because just about anything I'd put in the kitchen disposer can be put into the Lomi on my countertop and turned into dirt in four hours. There's no smell when it runs and it's really quiet. Since I got my Lomi, I throw out way less garbage. Me too. And you know, I think it's cut down my kitchen garbage by at least a half. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, my Lomi turns my food waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. It is so cool to see. I feel great knowing that I'm composting and creating soil instead of garbage. I have a basically limitless supply of dirt now for my garden, and Lomi is so easy to use. While you may want to get a Lomi for yourself, you may also want to get one for someone on your holiday list. This is a great gift that will help someone year-round. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash NTM and use the promo code NTM to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash NTM. And again, that's Lomi spelled L-O-M-I. Use promo code NTM at checkout. Food waste is gross. Lomi is your solution. With the holidays just around the corner, Lomi will make the perfect gift for someone on your shopping list. Just head to Lomi.com slash NTM and use the promo code NTM to get $50 off your Lomi. You have hope that the next generation is going to be able to grasp the idea of conscience. And I'm wondering how you think that's going to look considering how many distractions there are, phones and TVs and everything. It just seems like an uphill battle. I look at myself in an analogous way to Johnny Appleseed. My job, my dharma, my purpose in life is simply to plant the seeds in the consciousness of all women and men. And when they're ready they will begin to see this truth just as I did and begin to experiment with it and begin to benefit from it. Until then, people have a lot of things that they desire and they'll just follow their desires because nothing happens without a desire. Desire is neither good nor bad. It's just the fuel for action. So everybody will be able at some point in some form to realize what we are saying here today. Those of you who can hear this and it makes sense and you are inspired by it, I personally 
would ask you not to believe anything that I'm saying, but rather experiment for yourself. I would encourage you to turn your entire mind, body, sense complex into a, lab a laboratory, your personal laboratory, and experiment with training and parenting the ego, senses, and unconscious mind to serve the superconscious wisdom reflected by the conscience. And in that process of experimentation, one bit of advice, don't take on too much too soon, because the ego is the first one to insist that you take on too much too soon, because that will be a failure, you see. It'll lead to failure. So it's like with meditation. Don't take on too much too soon. Start with 60 seconds. And if you can do 60 seconds and you feel that you're being benefited and you have the time, then add another 60 seconds. So if, if the question then becomes, you just finished uh, dinner, are you going to brush your teeth? Well, have a meeting with the ego senses and unconscious mind and the conscience and encourage all of them to go into the bathroom, brush the teeth, and come back. And because it's a fairly easy no-brainer, the ego senses and unconscious mind are not that challenged. They're not that threatened. Mm -hmm. And perhaps we can get some buy-in from them, and perhaps the ego, the senses, and the unconscious mind will have a fairly pleasant experience and they won't die from the <laughs> Most importantly, they won't die. They'll still be around. So, in other words, they will trust me as their parent, providing them this experiment. So, as long as we keep it easy, slowly, slowly, the limited perspective of the ego senses and unconscious mind is expanded to increase the perspective of the superconscious portion of the mind. And that's where the music starts. You make a great point in saying that in everyday life, none of us really sees circumstances as they truly are. Explain more about that. Well, I love baseball. And right now, uh, Major League Baseball is in, in the uh, final innings of uh, their season. And it's very exciting for anybody who's a fan. And there were three umpires having dinner together, and they were talking shop. They were discussing what constitutes a ball and what constitutes a strike. And the first umpire, who's a rookie, says, I call them as I see them. And the second umpire, who's been calling balls and strikes for 10 years, says, I call them as they are. And the third umpire at dinner, having that conversation, who's been calling balls and strikes for 25 years. He's an old pro. He looks at the other two and he says, they are what I call them. <laughs> and that's us. We don't really experience the world. We experience what we think of the world. And what we think is often colored by faulty concepts of the ego senses and unconscious mind. And that gets us a whole lot of hurt. Then we're never really too old or too far gone in our previous actions to start harnessing the power of it then, right? Absolutely not. 
if if you're aware of a desire to change your life and to transform stress into strength and creativity, this is the perfect time to start. But just make sure that you don't take on too much too soon. How can we call on the conscience if we are facing an immediate challenge and we feel like we have to make a decision right away and we're really, really torn? How do we get ourselves to that place where we tune into the conscience and we make the right call? Well, what I do is I, I, I call a meeting and I sit the ego, the senses, the unconscious mind and the conscience around the kitchen table. And I let them know we have this decision to make. This is an important decision. And I call on the ego senses and unconscious mind to provide their limited perspective. And then I would encourage them to quiet down and listen to what the conscience can provide us in this quietude by reflecting superconscious wisdom. And then as the parent, I would encourage all of them to support that superconscious wisdom for the sake of an experiment. Now, we know an experiment isn't forever. It's just an experiment. But my experience is that every time I can train the ego senses and unconscious mind to defer to the conscience, I feel better physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I've been doing this for a lot of decades already. And I'm not a fool. I I feel better. I feel that I'm healthier than I have ever been. I feel that I'm more creative than I have ever been. And I'm sure that my ego senses and unconscious mind have changed also. I know they have. Because I tell people that if I were operating today with the same software package in my unconscious mind that I had when I was 13 or 14, you know 13 or 14 years of age, that's when <laughs> right. I mean, that's when we knew everything about everything. Exactly. Or, or at least we thought we did. <laughs> right? But yeah. if that were true today, if I, if I were operating under that old software package, one of two things would be true. I would have died a while back already, and, I, and today, if I were alive, I'd be sick. Well, how do you get yourself to be at peace with those decisions that you made maybe back when you were 13 or 14 that you look back at now and say, that was not the best choice. And maybe had I made a different choice, my life would have turned out differently. And so right now in this present moment, I have a new choice and I have all that richness of experience to draw upon to know what has worked and what has not worked. It's important to ask yourself, who am I in a lot of these situations, especially if you're worrying? Tell us more about why. It's important because our perceptions are skewed by our conceptions. Our perceptions are skewed by our conceptions. Uh So, And because so many of our conceptions are faulty, our perceptions also are faulty. So we need to change our perspective. That's all. Just change the perspective and we will change our experience. In other words, if I were observing myself from the far side of the moon, I would have a different perspective 
on my relationships that are so problematic. Mm -hmm. And that higher perspective is the key. That's why Einstein said, a problem cannot be solved on the level at which it arises. It has to be solved on a higher level. And to know who we truly are means that we begin to disidentify ourselves from the body. Yes, I have a body, but I am not the body, and yet I have a lifetime relationship with the body. I have a mind, but I am not the mind, and yet I have a lifetime relationship with the mind and its thoughts and its desires and its relationships. Mm -hmm. So the point is that every relationship requires an action, and every action brings about a consequence. That's what's known as the law of karma, and it's what Newton's third law of motion just restated. So we need to change our perspective. And if we do that, and if we begin to know who we truly are, from where we have come, why we are here, what's to be done, and where we will go when the body is no more, we will be more willing to parent our ego senses and unconscious mind to support the superconscious wisdom of the conscience just for the sake of an experiment. Remember, I ask people, make sure that you maintain status the whole time of a doubting Thomas. Any good scientist is a doubting Thomas. Mm -hmm. Do the experiment and then ask yourself, how do you feel physically, mentally, and emotionally, and spiritually? My answer has been better. I have felt yeah. better. Yeah, this all makes so much sense, and I can't wait to put it into action later on. I am especially excited to ask you what your nobody told me lesson is with all of your wisdom and studying, and it seems like you've really figured this out. So what do you wish that somebody had told you about the power of consciousness that you would have liked to know before because maybe it would have helped you unlock that limitless wisdom earlier? You know, to be very, very honest, I don't think it would have helped. <laughs> I can think of answers, but yeah. I wouldn't have been ready. Yeah. And all roads lead to where I stand. When I was ready, I was ready. But before that, I just wasn't ready. There were too many things that I wanted to do experience. And so it would have just flown right over, over my head. Wow. That's a well, fabulous that's a very answer. Honest answer. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I agree. I agree. Leonard, we thank you so very much for joining us. This has really been a very thought-provoking conversation, and we deeply thank you. Well, I thoroughly in, uh, enjoyed being together with you. Thank you for your time. Again, our thanks to Leonard Perlmutter, whose latest book is called Your Conscience, The Key to Unlock Limitless Wisdom and Creativity and Solve All of Life's Challenges. His website is AmericanMeditation.org. I'm Jan Black. And I'm Laura Owens. You're listening to Nobody Told Me. Thank you so much for joining us. As
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 